Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. TV out of the way. Welcome to the Money Answer idea. Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Adam Sosnick. He is an expert in personal finance, particularly relating to uh, baby boomers, well, millennials as well. And uh, welcome to the Money Answer Show, Adam. Pleasure to be here on the biggest, most popular podcast for financial planning in the industry, Jordan. Thank you. That is correct. Well, you, you deserve to be on because you can help people in an awful lot of ways here. So let's just briefly tell you. your story and how you've become the man you've become in the world of personal finance, particularly relating to millennials. Sure, sure. Specifically millennials. Uh, thank you for the high honor. Where do we get started? Uh, with your story. Just kind of tell your story briefly and how you got to where you are today. Sure. So um, I guess the best place to start would be in 2006, which was my first year in the financial services industry. So prior to that, growing up in Miami, South Beach, I was in the hospitality and nightlife business. So you can imagine what that was, uh, you know, in the early to mid-2000s. And instead of getting uh, sick of getting paid in cocktails and drinks and all that, I got a job as a cold caller for a financial firm that specialized in life settlement. And uh, I definitely started from the bottom and started to get my feet wet into the financial industry. And then, boom, 2008 happened. And we all know what happened during the recession and everything. And it was really just a jolt and a wake-up call to the system and especially for millennials, because we were all just kind of entering the workforce, getting our proverbial, you know, stuff together, and the world totally changed. And it definitely made me wake up and become fully immersed in the financial services world. And now I host a show that specifically here is to give back to millennials for what I wish I knew before I got into uh, the financial world. So your website is sostalksmoney.com. What can people find at that website to help them improve their personal financial condition? Sure. So, you know, we're actually launching a new site pretty soon. So initially when I started, so backing up a second, I, I work for a major financial firm that's called Welcome Funds. They specialize in life settlements. It's in life insurance and uh, investments and longevity and planning. And that's how I got started. But I started my own show, uh, social media show, Saz Talks Money. So that's the website for that, sostalksmoney.com. Um, and on there, it's a lot of clips, interviews, celebrities, influencers. That's the website for the show. But what we're starting now is a complete money coaching platform to help millennials get better with money, and that website is sosmoney.life. So there's a couple different things that are going on, but it all started with this show, Sal's Talks Money. Very good. So one of the things you're famous for is what's called the Saz Six, the six steps to win with money. So let's just briefly go over right. what those are and some things people can learn to do better in those areas. The first of the Saz Six is to budget. So people don't like to budget, but how do you help them budget in a way that will actually they'll follow it and, and get more control of their finances? 
Sure. So when I started my show, and I didn't come from a financial background, so I quite candidly never took a money class in high school. And in college, I, I was in communications and marketing and advertising, didn't know about money. So I literally had to learn from the bottom when I started off as a cold caller, knowing not much. And when I started my show, I started interviewing all the financial advisors that I work with. So it, it wasn't that I just kind of came up with um, this South Six all on my own, and this is how it all kind of happened. It was really just through more of a scientific method project, if you will, interviewing anyone and everyone about money. And what I just basically noticed that there were six universal themes that just constantly came up. And that's what basically started or was the, re- the rationale for the SOS six principles of wealth. And every financial advisor basically said that it all starts with a game plan. And whether you're making 50 grand a year or $500,000 a year, you need to have a game plan and a budget is a game plan for your money. And what I, I started realizing there's a million different budgeting apps and everyone tells you you need to budget and everyone hates it. So what I've created is something called the SOS big budget, where the most important thing within your budget are what I call your big three. And that is your housing, your transportation and your F and B, which is your food and beverage. So once you can manage those three on a monthly basis, every month, 12 times a year, um, you're 75% of the way done with your budget. And then everything out after that kind of fills in the blank. But budgeting isn't fun, but I've made it with my system, with these six principles of wealth. I'm sort of making it interactive and fun, and it all starts with this game plan. And to, to, to wrap that up, what I say is this. The best athlete of our generation, or at least football player of our generation, is Tom Brady. Would you agree? I would agree. I mean, it's sort of undeniable. So what I say about budgeting and planning is the the Tom Brady analogy, which is Tom Brady isn't the biggest, fastest, or strongest NFL player or quarterback, for that matter. But what he does is have a game plan every single game, and he executes. 16 times a year, plus playoffs, plus the Super Bowl, it's 20-something times a year. If you're an everyday American just like me and you and everyone, you have 12 months, 12 budgets a year. It's not that complicated. Once you start doing it, your money will get better from there. And that's what I've come to find out is that step one, game plan for your money is a budget. If it's good enough for Tom Brady, it's good enough for me and you. Are there some specific apps or websites that you recommend that people use to to make budgeting easier? So for budgeting, I use a budgeting app called Mint, and it's helpful for me. And why I like it is because it gives you a big, complete picture of your financial standing. It's not just your monthly budget. Because the reason people hate budgeting is because it's so tedious. And what I say is that I'm worried about your net worth not your Netflix. So what Mint enables me to do is, is really track my entire net worth. It's not a, you know, once you can get to a point where we'll get there, I'm sure in this interview, principle six or step six is chilling. Once you're chilling with money, um, tracking your net worth is a very big thing. And um, tedious budgeting is not fun. 
So there's a million different budgeting apps. I can go down a list of probably a hundred different budgeting apps. They're out there. Um, but you just have to do it. And that's the biggest problem that I've seen in America is nobody actually wants to sit down and do a budget. It's not fun. It's not cool to budget. But it is principle number one uh, to have a game plan for your money. And what we've done with the SAS six principles of wealth is we boiled everything down the six steps and six principles, and we've made budgeting, this big budget that I put together, more interactive and actually more fun to do. So that's number one is budgeting. Number two is debt. So obviously the millennials are known for taking on a huge amount of debt, particularly student loan debt, <laughs> some credit card right. debt, mortgages, and so on. So what are some strategies that people can use uh, to either not take on as much debt in the first place or to pay it off faster once they have it? Um. You're, you're asking about strategies to tackle debt, which is principle number two. Now, right. you'd be shocked to know how many millennials I talk to, and I ask them about debt. Some think that there's good debt, which, you know, we can have a whole segment about. I just happen to think debt is intrinsically bad, and then there's bad debt and even worse debt. And um, the most common question that I ask is, what's the interest rate that you're paying? And the majority of people can't even answer that, Jordan. So if they don't know if they're paying 4% or 8% or 15%, they're already losing. So with, you know, principle two within the SAS 6, we actually make them write down all their debt, student loans, credit card debt, car loans, whatever it is, write the amount and write the interest rate next to it. And the majority of people that do that had no clue really what their debt was because they kind of want to, you know, kind of keep it off in the distance and not actually own up to it. But when you see on paper, when you're paying 9%, 15%, 24%, it's obnoxious. And the reality of it is that you need to attack it and do something with it. So as far as implementing ways to get out of debt, it's really one of two ways that I've at least uncovered, at least with my you know, scientific method here, is that there's the debt snowball or the debt avalanche, which I'm sure... Your, your viewers are, or listeners are, used, are familiar with, that snowball is you start with the smallest debt, start knock, knocking that off and work your way up to the, to the biggest debt, biggest amount. That avalanche is that you start with the highest interest rate and work your way down. There's no right or wrong way as long as you're getting after tackling that debt. And how about taking on debt in the first place, particularly student loans, which is such a big thing for this generation. Are there ways to avoid taking on the amount of student debt that people are taking on these days? I mean, there has to be, Jordan. There has to be better ways to deal with student debt. And it, it really is just the, the best thing that I think someone can, can have to tackle student debt is just a light bulb go off that times have changed, that we're entering 2020. We're not in the 80s and 90s anymore. You don't have to go to college. You can go to a technical school. You can start working and find out what you're passionate about or good at and then go back to school. So there's no rule that says you have to start college when you're 18 and finish by the time you're 22. There's no rule that says you have to take on 50 grand of student debt. It's BS. So the best thing that young Americans can do is wake the hell up and actually realize that whatever plan they were told to do or their parents told them to do growing up, has completely changed. It's 2020. 
so you have to understand that college is an investment. It's an ROI. And if you actually do get a degree and use it, the numbers show that you're definitely more prone to make more money over your lifetime. But what are you doing? Are you actually getting a degree and using it? Or are you just getting a degree for the sake of it and then just doing whatever? So there needs to be way more uh, thought to the process of student loans, for sure. It's not just as simple as, oh, I graduate high school. Of course, I take on debt. Of course, I go get a useless degree. And of course, I end up lost. Yeah. Times have changed. Very good. Time to wake up. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Adam Sosnick. Uh, he is a money coach, particularly aimed at millennials. You can find out more at his website, which is sostalksmoney.com. And he's also got a new website called sosmoney.life.com. Yes, sosmoney.life. We'll be back after yep. this. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Your leadership journey must be a continuous process of education and improvement. If you think you've learned all you need to know, think again. Find out the latest from contemporary authors on topics from character to values and everything in between. Discover insights into servant leader fundamentals along with your host, Tom Crea. Tune into Your Evolving Leadership Journey, Mondays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Adam Sosnick. Uh, he is a money coach. Uh, he teaches millennials about money in all kinds of ways. You can find out more about him at his website, sostalksmoney.com and sosmoney.life. Welcome back to the show, Adam. 
Happy to be here, Jordan. So we, we're going through the sauce six, as you call them. The first one we talked about was budgeting. The next one was debt. The third one is save. So particularly for millennials who are so overwhelmed with debt, how can they start a, a habit of saving and where should they put their money to get a decent yield at a time when interest rates are so low? Save that money. That's all I got to say. Um, really, there's so much to be said when it comes to saving, but the most important thing is just the saver's mentality and understanding the benefit of saving versus spending. So this all, this, everything that I'm working on, Saz Six Principles of Wealth and Saz Talks Money, it all just started with me interviewing financial advisors and basically saying, hey, you guys work with the 1% of the 1% a lot of these times that have millions and millions of dollars. What's the number one advice that you would give to millennials? And the most common advice was save that money and understanding the benefit of saving. And if, the, as the, uh, if you can save over time and have a saver's mentality over time, the more money you'll have and the more you'll, it'll enable you to do with your life. So if the top financial advisors are telling me the number one advice is to save, that's basically how I ended up with the slogan and the theme of my show, which is save that money. And, and where, where should people invest it, to, I mean save it, to get a decent yield these days? I mean, when, when people talk about saving, is yield really something that matters? Zero percent, one percent, what's the difference? Just save. And what I think, you know, when I'm talking about 20 and 30-year-olds is before you start talking about investing, because principle four is to invest in appreciating assets, before you can start thinking about investing is learn to save and learn how to handle money in a smart way. And what I say is to save $10,000. Because why? Why $10,000? Essentially, that's a you know, six months uh, of, a, of emergency fund or a cushion or something that enables you not to sweat the small stuff in your life. Pay your rent, live your life. God forbid something happens, emergency fund. I think in 2020, 10 grand is a very good target to have. And once you can do that, which most Americans can't even do. 50% of Americans don't have $500 for an emergency. But if you can save $10,000, now you're ready to start thinking bigger and start preparing yourself to get into investing. So, so that's it's really a mentality. Yeah. What's that? So that's number four is investing. So let's move on to that. So if people sure. don't need the money right now, but they want to grow longer term, uh, do you recommend dollar cost averaging? Do you recommend mutual funds, individual stocks? What What are ways that people who have small amounts of money who, but a lot of time can start investing and making it compound? Sure. So this, you know, number four, investing, it's no secret that this is really how you can grow your money over time. And this right here, number four, is the most confusing principle or step for most millennials. When they think of investing, they think of the stock market, they think of Wall Street, they think of bulls and bears and greens and reds and options and recessions, and it's confusing and it's daunting and it's intimidating. And what I aim to do with SOS money is to simplify investing. And I say you just need to start with the basics, which is 
for most Americans is a, a 401k or a Roth IRA. And just get that started. A lot of people that I talk to in their 20s and 30s couldn't tell you what a mutual fund is and really couldn't even tell you the real purpose of a 401k. So just getting started with the basics is so important. And then once you're set up and you understand what your 401k is for for, or what a Roth IRA is, then you can start getting into more complicated things like dollar cost averaging or index funds or ETFs, but starting with the basics is so important when it comes to investing. Are there some specific uh, websites or apps that help people get started investing is the way you're describing? Sure. I mean, I always say talk to your HR department if you have a job, learn what a 401k is, get that match. And if you do not work for a major company, start a Roth IRA. You can go to any major online website. I like Fidelity. I use them. Vanguard is great. Um, There's other investing apps like Acorns and Betterment and Wealthfront that are there to help you. And here, here's my biggest thing with investing. And, you know, what, I've, what have I learned in my less than 40 years on this planet? You know, I was sort of obsessed in the 80s and 90s with investing and the movies that were surrounding them, i.e. Wall Street, The Wolf of Wall Street, Boiler Room. These guys were all cold-calling investment firm chop shops that people really thought of when they thought of investing. And it turns out that all those people ended up in jail, right? Jordan Belfort, Wolf of Wall Street, ended up in jail. The guys at Wall Street ended up in jail. The day trading stockbroker mentality vibe, that's not investing. Investing should not be exciting. Investing should actually be boring. And, you know, what changed my perspective on investing was reading the Boglehead book by Jack Bogle, which is basically the exact opposite of Wolf of Wall Street. It's not exciting. It's basic, but it works. And it's long-term investing, passive investing, um, index investing, long-term, riding it out. And it really just painted a picture that investing isn't this sexy, amazing, you know, intoxicating lifestyle that's painted in the movies. It's really actually boring. It's really the equivalent of watching a tree grow. You don't need to watch it every day to know that your tree's growing. So look back in 30 years and see what that tree has done for you. And most importantly, you don't end up in jail like the, like the 80s and 90s icon. That's, that's definitely good advice. <laughs> Number five in your Thank soft you. six is to <laughs> insure yourself. So uh, right. there's a lot of different kinds of insurance. What is the insurance that most millennials don't have that they should prioritize amongst all the different insurances out there? Sure. Principle number five is insure and protect yourself and protect your blind side. So that's it. Like the, the money thing is, is over one through four. We've budgeted, we've, we've gotten out of debt, we've saved, we're investing, our money is growing. Now we just have to protect ourselves because, you know, SHIT does happen. And what I talk about with insurance for young people, for sure, is what I also call your big three uh, insurance. And that's your health insurance, your life insurance if you have kids, or a business, and disability insurance, because your most powerful tool is your income and your ability to work. And if that's taken away from you, what do you do? So make sure you have health insurance, disability insurance, life insurance if you have kids. Everything other than that is, is sort of a secondary, other than 
covering yourself. So let's talk about those individually. Health insurance. So would you go through an exchange? If your employer does not offer health insurance, say you're a self-employed, how, how is the best way to get health insurance? So as far as the best way to get health insurance, I'm definitely not the health insurance expert and definitely not the person to recommend the specific you know, tricks or tactics to get the best rate for your insurance. There's definitely people and websites that can help you with that. Um, I'm just here to tell you that it, it is important and it is vital and go get it. And I'm not here to save you 20 bucks a month, but just go get insurance. And then on, on life insurance, would you recommend term policies, cash value, some combination, one or the other? For most people, what, what kind of life insurance would you recommend? Sure. I mean, I know insurance, life insurance. That's how I got my start inside and out. And for most 20 and 30 somethings, you need term, term, term. And when you think about it again, go with term again. So unless you're making Uber money and you're maxing out your 401ks and you're looking for tax havens or long-term benefits of, in, of insurance, compounding, investing, you know, then you can get whole life or, or fixed uh, permanent life insurance. For the 30-year-old out there that has a kid and they're just kind of getting their stuff together, go with term. A 20- or 30-year-old ter- 30 term will do. Don't think about it. Don't question it. Term's the answer. And, and what uh, quote engine to, to get the best term policy do you like? So there's a lot of um, companies popping up offering them online. Policy Genius, Select Quote. Haven Life, there's a lot, and um, there's no one in particular that I recommend, and there's also a lot of life brokerages that I work with, so there's no company that I think is the best out there as of now, but make sure you're shopping around, getting a decent rate, but if you're in your 20s and 30s and you're looking into insurance, it's not that expensive. You know, for a quarter million dollar policy, maybe you're paying... 20 bucks a month, 30 bucks a month. It's not crazy expensive. Shop around, but eventually just decide on a good, reliable carrier that offers a, a good term policy and just pay those premiums every year. And God forbid you don't need them. You need the Very good. We're going to take another break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Adam Sosnick. Uh, he is an expert in financial literacy, particularly aimed at millennials. You can find out more about him and his website, which is sostalksmoney.com, and his new website is sosmoney.life. We'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you or someone you love have a life insurance policy that's no longer needed or not affordable? Did you know that you can sell your policy for cash? Your reason for buying life insurance has probably changed. Thousands of Americans turn to life insurance settlements to help sell their policies. They act as your representative, getting the highest market offer for you. You've got nothing to lose by simply inquiring. If you're over 64 with $100,000 or more of life insurance, you may already qualify. 
Call 877-485-6681 to get your free non-binding appraisal or visit FundingLife.com. Life Insurance Settlements. Discover the true value of your life insurance. 877-485-6681. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Adam Sosnick. He is an expert in personal finance, particularly aimed at millennials. You can see more about him at his website, sostalksmoney.com or sosmoney.life. Welcome back to the show, Adam. Thank you, Jordan. We were talking about insurance. We covered health insurance and life insurance. The third one was disability insurance. Just talk a little bit about why that's so important and what is a good way to get a good disability insurance policy, particularly if your current employer does not offer one or you say you're self-employed. Yeah, I think of the, the, you know, I talk about insurers, principle five, I think the most obscure and unknown of the types of insurance is disability. A lot of the millennials I talk to don't know about this. And a lot of them don't have kids and don't necessarily even have a full-time employer. So where are they getting 401k? Where are they getting benefits? Where are they getting their insurance? Where are they getting all that good stuff? And for sure, disability is one of those things that slips under the radar. So ultimately what it comes down to is asking the question, if you do not have the ability to work for a long period of time, how are you going to have money? What are you going to do? And the answer for most people is they don't know. And hopefully they have a family friend or someone that will take care of them, but often not time. So disability is, is real. And I've experienced it in, in my life. My father was disabled. Uh, he, he was born with cerebral palsy. We got disability checks my whole life. But for most young people, just understanding that there's this concept called disability insurance, and if something happens to you, whether you, you get it through your employer or whether outside of your employer, understanding that you're not able to work and make income, uh, well, what would you do? And if you don't know the answer to that is you need to look into disability are there some apps or websites that people can go to find disability policies that you like? Yes. I like uh, healthiq.com. That's a, that's a cool new company that's popped up and um, Policy Genius as well. But uh, there's also a lot of, uh, in your city or state, a lot of local life brokerages that offer disability. It's, uh, if you Google it, I'm sure you'll find something. But I, I don't have any particular one go-to. As long as you're inquiring, that's a good thing. Very good. And then your sixth of your sauce six is what you call chillin'. 
So what do you mean by yeah. chilling, and how? what is the best way for people to chill? <laughs> Let's talk about chilling, of course. So what I, how I ultimately came to the concept of chilling was that it really... It really started from me asking what retirement really is. And at least for millennials, retirement is this far out antiquated term that really doesn't really hold water anymore. Because any, anyone who's successful, I ask them what they do, if, you know, with, with their thoughts on retirement or what they do with their free time, not that they're retired. And nobody does nothing. Nobody does nothing all day. The concept of retirement and sitting in a rocking chair or just playing golf all day no longer holds water. So what I've basically realized is that I asked people, you know, if you owned your, if you owned your time and you were chilling with money and your money was good, what would you do with your free time? And most people answered the same three or four things. Most people said that they would travel most people said that they would work on something they're passionate about or a hobby that they love that they would even do for free. Uh, most people said that they would give back or work uh, towards something, a charity or helping people. And lastly, you know, what I asked the, the wealthy, wealthy, wealthiest is that they wanted to leave a legacy. And you know, wh whether that was giving or foundational or philanthropic, and that's really what it came down to. So ultimately, nobody does nothing. And the whole goal, whether you're 30, 40, 50, 60, 80, is to just be chilling. And chilling is when you own your time. You don't have to really answer to anybody. You wake up when you want to wake up. You don't have to rush out the door. And you're just chilling. So that is right. what I call the new retirement. Excellent. So uh, tell us a little bit about the money coaching that you do taking these six principles and putting them into action and personalizing for your clients. How does that whole process work? Sure. So, you know, when I started my, my show, it was just that, a show. Saz Talks Money, and I went out there, and I was talking to anyone and everyone about money, and I started interviewing financial advisors and then a lot of my celebrity friends and NBA players and ballers and rappers and college students and anyone and everyone, and you know, the one question that I got from everyone was like, what are you doing with this show? How are you making money? And my answer was, I didn't do this for money. I have a real job. I did this just because I wanted to do it. But ultimately, I had to start a business. That's what this was gravitating towards. So I started SOS Money, which is a financial literacy company. And below that is we started a money coaching platform. So basically what I realized was, most people, they equate money and financial advice to financial advisors, and they equate financial advisors to the 1%. And what I've realized in starting this show is that money advice is not just for the 1%, it's for everyone. So I've started this money coaching platform for the 99%. And this money coaching platform, um, it costs, $99 for the 99%. And with it, myself or one of our money coaches who work under our SOS money coaching will walk you through these six principles of wealth, teach you these six principles, make you have a deep understanding of these six principles. And then they make, we write out all your information on 
what's called your money game plan. And we write it all out and you get in a hour call with a money coach to walk you through what you're doing. So ultimately it's a combination of a few things. These six principles, um, learning these six principles, writing your stuff down, actually taking the time to write out what your, your net worth is and where your status is, and then getting on, on a call with a money coach who can sit there and take time to go over a lot of these principles with you, which for most millennials, they've never had a conversation with a financial advisor, much less a money coach. So it's a lot of times mind-blowing and cathartic and helpful, and it's for $99.00 for the 99%. So for most people who want to find out about that, they can go to sostalksmoney.com. Is that right? Yes, but eventually in the next month or so, we're going to be directing everyone to sosmoney.life, and that's where you can sign up for money coaching. Great. Okay, I want to talk about some other topics. So one of the things millennials have been fascinated about is cryptocurrency and Bitcoin (laughs) <laughs> which started off low, it soared to 20,000, it plunged to 3,000, now it's back to 8,000. Uh, do you think yep. people should be investing, uh, or maybe speculating maybe is the better word, in cryptos? And if so, is it Bitcoin or are there others that you'd like? When it comes to crypto and Bitcoin and bitty bops and all the woozies and wazies that exist out there in the crypto world, what I recommend for most people is do not invest more than 5 to 10% of your entire net worth into this wild um, ancillary currency that you're just not sure of what will end up happening. So I've invested in crypto. I've you know, taken a small percentage of my net worth five percent and put it in the crypto world and it's been a complete roller coaster and for people who have not invested before because i know many young people um who their only invest their only investment in this world is in bitcoin and crypto they don't have a roth ira they don't have a 401k they don't have a mutual fund they have no u.s stock market exposure but they have crypto and they're learning the hard way that there's the benchmark for the U.S. economy and money is the uh, U.S. stock market, and that's the first stop. And crypto should be a third, fourth, or fifth stop, not your major game plan. And I've seen many people completely just make money, lose money, and be completely chewed up and spit out by crypto. So proceed with caution. But I, if you were to long do it, term, I you, am a believer in blockchain, but short term, it's, it, it's going to be a while. If you were to do if you were to do it, is there a particular uh, uh, exchange, Coinbase or Gemini or something that you would recommend as a, a way for people to put that 5% into crypto? I don't have a horse in the crypto race. Uh, what I will say is my best friend and my producer of my show, he is the producer of CNBC's Crypto Trader. So if I'm going to plug any crypto, it's going to be CNBC's crypto trader. Go learn about crypto there, and that's a good starting point before you start investing. Very good. So on your website, you have many interviews you've done with a wide variety of people. Let's just start with athletes a little bit. So you did, for example, uh, Kelly Olnick, I guess, is uh, the Miami Heat uh, player. What what have you learned? Kelly Olnick from the Miami Heat. What have you learned from talking to athletes that can apply to the rest of us? They've got these millions of dollars, but often 
short careers. What can people learn from athletes that others can, can learn from? What can people learn from athletes? Wow. Um, I can flip that around and say, what can athletes learn from normal people, too? Because a yes. lot of these athletes, you know, are, they're normal. They just happen to be getting a bigger paycheck for a handful of years. And then a handful of years later, they might not be getting that big paycheck. So, um, yeah, I, I have a lot of friends that play in the NBA. And uh, I, I don't manage their money, but I do talk to them about money a lot. And this money needs to last them the rest of their life. And granted, if you're in the NBA and you're making millions, it should. Unfortunately, we've seen all too often that it doesn't. And poor money management skills doesn't, um, I guess, just it's universal. So whether you're making millions a year or, you know, thousands a year, poor money management skills can be the death of you. So what is you the specific, Kelly yeah, what, is, what is the bad money management skill that athletes who have these millions of dollars, how do they lose it so quickly? Um, in, in no particular order, cars, jewelry, clothes, houses, shady businesses, girls, the list goes on. And a lot of it just comes down to depreciating assets and not understanding appreciating assets. And, you know, if you're 20 years old and you've never made a dollar in your life and your first paycheck is for a million dollars, how the hell are you going to act if you, when you get your first million? So if you have smart people in your corner that, you know, can help you budget, again, starting uh, with the size six principles of wealth, understanding that what your budget is and understanding what you can spend in rent and you don't need to necessarily buy a $10 million crib. And just getting basic foundation is oftentimes just the best thing. And from there, they can, you know, hopefully not have any debt or pay off debt and understand saving and understand investing. And obviously, a lot of these athletes need disability insurance and get health insurance through work. And, you know, walking athletes through these six principles of wealth translates as well. So uh, they're, they're just like us. They sometimes might have an extra zero at the end of their paycheck but they still need to implement these six principles of wealth as well. Very good. We're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Adam Sosnick. Uh, he is a uh, personal finance expert in educating particularly millennials. You can find out more at his website, which is sostalksmoney.com and also sosmoney.life. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? Paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth in Equity's Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24-7. 
If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself to learn more about Truth in Equity's program. There's no need to replace your mortgage or refinance in many cases. The system works for new home purchases as well as current mortgages. Your home is your largest investment. Own it outright in five to seven years. Call Truth in Equity, 888-262-5540 or visit truthinequity.com, 888-262-5540. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Adam Sosnick. He is a personal finance educator. He uh, coaches millennials. You can find out more at his website, sostalksmoney.com or sosmoney.life. Welcome back to the show, Adam. Fourth quarter, Jordan. Let's do it. Let's finish strong. So we're going to do the the, uh, the lightning round, I guess you might say here. You've talked to lots of different people. Love so it. just kind of give me a quick thing about what you learned from each one of them that might be helpful to the audience. Uh, so one of them is a guy sure. named Jason Stone, uh, who is the millionaire mentor. What are the things you learned from Jason Stone? Wow, yeah, Jason Stone, good buddy of mine. He is a uh, sharp guy from Ohio. I met him down here in Miami, and he started a couple social media pages, one by the name of The Millionaire Mentor, and he's racked up, I think, four or five million viewers, subscribers. He's crushing it. But his, uh, the, the thing that stands out to me about Jason is he's got a business mindset, and he saves to invest in his new businesses. And that's the one thing I took from, from Jason was saving to invest in his businesses. You also talked to Tariq Sharif of Rolling Loud. Oh, Tariq Sharif, co-founder of Rolling Loud, yes. So what did you learn from him? That's a, that's a cool dude right there. He's a local guy that grew up in South Florida. We have mutual friends, and they, him and his partner, Matt Zingler, they started off as hip-hop uh, club promoters 10 years ago. Now they are the uh, preeminent hip-hop festival concerts in this country, uh, possibly the world, massive. And what I would remember about Tariq Sharif is that is a humble, low-key dude. He is definitely not seeping hip-hop. He's not dripping in gold and diamonds. He's a he likes wearing hoodies and keeping it real cool and casual, and that stood out to me about his interview is that in the world of hip-hop where it's all about stunting and flossing and, you know, bravado, he's just a very uh, subtle dude, you know, dude of chill character, and uh, I respect that. Then you talked to somebody who opened a successful South Beach, Florida bar. What did you learn from somebody who, yeah. who runs a successful South Beach bar? So, yeah, I interviewed a guy by the name of Keith Menon, who's one of my best friends, and uh, he is one of the biggest hospitality and nightlife guys in South Beach, and we did a segment, and what did I learn from Keith? Um, other than the fact that I've saved probably millions of dollars drinking for free uh, my whole life in all his bars, um, what I've learned from Keith is that he has a real business plan 
to every venue that he opens. He's not loosey-goosing, you know, trying to open up a bar and look cool and hope to make money. It's a full, thought-out game plan, and he plugs it all in, and it's, it's really impressive what he's built. And for anybody that wants to learn about hospitality and business, the name Keith Menon is a good name to know. Then you talked with a financial advisor to the Orthodox Jewish community. Uh, what did you learn from him? <laughs> uh, wow, that was a great interview with um, pseudo-rabbi, uh, financial advisor um, from Brooklyn. What I learned from him was the, the basics still work. And the, the stuff that is talked about in the Bible or the Torah, depending on your religion, of saving and uh, staying out of debt and just being smart with money still rings true. And if it's good enough for the Orthodox Jewish community uh, when it comes to money, it certainly should be good enough for uh, us regular folk. And then you crashed the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Uh, what did you learn from that? <laughs> Crashing the White House Correspondence Center. Yeah, that was awesome. I, I was in D.C. for another event, a financial event. I was dressed up in a nice suit, and uh, I was staying at the hotel that the White House Correspondence Center was at. And um, I got mistaken as a, as a somebody, Jordan, as I'm sure you get mistaken for all the time, being a celebrity like yourself. And yep. um, I was whisked away into... Uh, the reporter's row or whatever. I ended up befriend, befriending some lovely ladies from CNN, ended up having a cocktail with them. Next thing you know, I'm in the White House Correspondents' Dinner, and I documented it as best as I could, and it was pretty cool, meeting a lot of political insiders and broadcasters. It was awesome. And then you interviewed Inky Johnson on The Meaning of Life. What did you learn from that one? Inky Johnson was a big-time football player, for the University of Tennessee, and he, on a particular play many years ago, he went to make an interception and a tackle, and he became paralyzed. And now he is a motivational speaker. He still has uh, the use of uh, the majority of his body, but one of his hands is simply uh, there, but basically doesn't work. And he, he says that he's thankful for this injury, this guy could have gone and made millions in the NFL, but he has a deeper uh, perspective on life now, and he goes around motivating people to just live life to their fullest and be smart. It was a very, very impactful episode, and um, I deal with a lot of people who are trying to make it in sports and try to make it there, and this guy is happy he didn't, and it was amazing uh, to interview a guy like that. Inky Johnson. Then you met uh, Montana Tucker, uh, who was a dancer that you met at a dream. <laughs> Montana festival. Tucker, yeah, of course. What did you learn from Montana? What did I learn from Montana? Montana is a, uh, a sweetheart. She's a good friend of mine. Um, I've known her for, I don't know, seven, eight years now. And when I met her, she was a young 20-year-old partying in South Beach, and she always had a knack for wanting to dance and sing. So, you know, again, in my former world in nightlife, you'd meet a lot of these amazing people, 
And Montana started off with very few followers and very few believers. And she just tried and tried and tried. And now she is super massive and is a major influencer, dancer, singer extraordinaire. And she just went for it. And what I took from her was just go for something you want. And there's going to be times where you'll doubt yourself or people will doubt you. And she kept going and now she's doing dance videos with JLo, you know, so keep going, whatever you're working for. She's a prime example of go for what you want and it'll happen. And finally, you met Romero Brito in uh, talking about up and coming artists. Romero Brito, yes. What did you learn from them? So, you know, what I always say is all roads lead to Miami. Either you want a vacation here, you want to live here, or you live here. And a lot of these things happen in Miami. And I met Romero Brito during uh, a happiness summit down here in Miami, of all things. And coincidentally, it's also right around the time where there's something called Art Basel, which is one of the biggest art events in the world down here in Miami in December coming up. And Romero is a icon here in Miami, an art icon from Brazil, but is all about America and makes beautiful, exciting, incredible art. And he talked about just pursuing your passion. And, you know, if you're doing what you love, hopefully business-wise you can fill in the blanks from there, but that's an, always an awesome start, doing what you love. And he loved to do art, and he's turned it into business, and he's as good as it gets around here in Miami, for sure, worldwide, too. In about a minute we have left, why don't you kind of sum up the difference it'll make if people follow your advice, follow the South Six, uh, to make their lives, their financial lives better? So in summary, here's what I would say. The, the South Six Principles of Wealth, there's, these are timeless principles. Every book I've read and every person I've interviewed, something has fallen under one of these six principles, with the exception that chilling is the new retirement. And if you can implement these six principles, you can win with money. Most people that I talk to are one for six, two for six. The goal, if you can be six for six, not a hundred different things, you can be chilling. And my biggest takeaway is back in the 80s and 90s, there was a slogan, and correct me if you know this, Jordan, and it was, he who dies with the most toys wins. And yes. uh, recently I saw an article in the Washington Post that said, he who dies with the most toys now loses. And I thought about that. And for 2020, the old rules are out, the new rules are in, and it's all about he or she who lives with the highest flexibility and the lowest overhead is now who wins. So don't get buried, you know, buried down in, in material things. Stay flexible. Keep it moving. Implement these six principles. Save that money, and you'll win with money for sure. Very good. Okay, well, thanks so much. My guest this hour has been Adam Sosnick. Uh, he is a, a financial literacy uh, expert. You can find out more at his website, SOS Talks Money. Dot com or his new website, sosmoney.life. Thanks so much for being on The Money Answer Show, Adam. Pleasure's all here, Jordan. Thank you so much. Thanks again, and we'll be back next week 
with another edition of the Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.